Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post, joined with Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and you can find me at Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickrin on Tumblr. And joining us is first time guest Mitch. Hey, I'm Mitchell. I'm on Twitter at the fake Mitch M. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. We're just getting like just doses of male energy this <laughs> lately, it seems. It's cool. We yes. are. Yay. It's kind of funny. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to represent here with the hedge knight. Right, right, right. <laughs> brave, brave soul. Okay, so <laughs> we're um, continuing our reading of the Duncan Egg Tales. Um, this episode is dedicated to part two of the Hedge Knight. So, of course, there will be spoilers for any of the Duncan Egg Tales, possibly um, the general A Song of Ice and Fire universe, and per- maybe, maybe got, probably unlikely, but maybe. Um, just to give a quick recap, we had Dunk bearing Sir Arlen, the old man, was a Hedge Knight that took him on as a squire. And Dunk's in the real world now and decides to take up knighting himself. He reluctantly takes on a stable boy from an inn named Egg, who turns out to be a Targaryen prince. And Dunk is in some hot water because he kicked the snot out of Egg's older brother, Arian, who was beating on Dunk's crush, the hot Dornish puppeteer. (laughs) (laughs) Best description ever. (laughs) So Dunk's been confined in Lord Ashford's tower, and the only thing keeping him company is the sounds of the tournament and thoughts of Sir Arlen. And I just grabbed a quick section here. A hedge knight is the truest kind of knight, Dunk, the old man had told him a long, long time ago. Other knights serve the lords who keep them, or from whom they hold their lands, but we serve where we will for men whose causes we believe in. Every knight swears to protect the weak and innocent, but we keep the vow best, I think. Queer how strong that memory seemed. Dunk had quite forgotten those words, and perhaps the old man had as well towards the end. I just kind of like how it reiterates again. Sir Arlen and how he's kind of made Dunk the man he is, I believe. Can you imagine how scary it is for Dunk right now? I mean, he's only 16 or 17, and he's in this dungeon right now. And, I mean, after just attacking the prince, the Targaryen prince and everything, and it's got to be so scary for this... Yeah, for Poor somebody, dude. he's always like he's for somebody that's always feeling so out of his element too, and <laughs> this is like really gotta be <laughs> doing a mind fuck on him. Poor kid. <laughs> so at dusk we have Egg arrive, and he's accompanied by guards and some food. Egg has come to ask for Dunk's forgiveness, a quest from Prince Baylor. Egg recounts how all he wanted was to be a squire, how he was supposed to be his brother Darian's, but he was a lousy knight and how it was Darian who shaved his head so he could hide from their father. Dunk wonders if he has to call Egg, my lord, or your grace, and Egg admits only at court. Egg tells Dunk his uncle wants to see him. So Dunk is brought to Prince Baylor's chambers and offered wine. Dunk is excused, I'm sorry, Egg is excused, and Dunk is informed that Makar is angry and needs a target for his wrath. Darren has made up a story about a large robber knight kidnapping Egg. And Arian will no doubt twist the story of the puppeteers out of proportion. So he's pretty much screwed. Yeah. Any any way he turns, he's screwed. So <clears throat> Dunk will have to stand trial. He, um, you know, he did hit royalty after all. And the last time that happened, you know, somebody lost a hand. And, you know, Dunk actually kicked him too. So he's thinking, oh, I'm probably going to lose a foot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Baylor tells Dunk he may also... Um, he, he may also, um, elect for trial by combat. So, 
Arian is okay with a trial by combat, only he calls for a trial by seven. Um, Maker accuses his son. Maker accuses his son of being afraid to face Dunk alone. Dunk has no fucking clue what they are talking about, and Baylor explains <laughs> to him that the trial of seven is an ancient custom of the Andals. So it's seven versus seven combatants, and Dunk knows he's really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed um, Maker accusing Dunk of playing the fool when he asked what a trial by seven was, as if that was some clever ploy that Dunk was trying to get used to get out of it. Yeah, he clearly doesn't know Dunk <laughs> at all here, does he? <laughs> he doesn't. He really doesn't. Oh. It's just like, well, uh, go ahead, Chicky. Well, it's just like, you just, yeah, I mean, like, everything that you feel for Dunk, like, he is so out of his depth here, and it's like, it, it, again, I'm sorry that I keep saying this, but he just reminds me so much of Brienne, how he just takes it for granted that this is just not going to go his way, you know? He already, he's just kind of given himself up for lost, and the way that he just never really, you know, expects that anyone will will stand up for him, you know, kind of is, is such a Brienne thing. It's like so heartbreaking. Like, this is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. He's just so innocent and so sweet. Like, he's just a sweet guy, right? But, but you know, this yeah. is what a true, I mean, he's such a true knight in a way that there are so few of those guys. Well, in this, in this book, at least so far, there's a number of them. But if you look at the series overall, I mean, you've got very naive characters dreaming of knights and reading about them and being interested in them. But we only see like one or two. And it's so nice to see somebody who's, you know, he's a good guy. He you know, I just like him. I like him more than I thought I was ever going to like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so outside the castle, Dunk is feeling glum. He has a moment where he thinks of fleeing, but then he thinks, uh, better to die a night than live like that, knowing that it'd be only a matter of time until some lord took his head as an outlaw. He recognizes the snort of his horse, Thunder, who is tied to a pole outside the Fossaway Pavilion. Sir Stefan is on board to be a part of Dunk 7, and he's determined to find five more. His cousin Raymond has doubts. Egg and Darian Targaryen enter the tent. Darian is sorry that he's lied about Dunk, um, pretty much gives permission to Dunk to knock him upside the head during the trial. Um, Egg informs Dunk that Makar will be fighting as well as three King's Guard at uh, the three King's Guard that are present at the tournament. And then I selected it's a small thing. Dunk count it on his fingers. That makes six. Who is the seventh man? Prince Darian shrugged. Arion will find someone if need be. He will buy a champion. He has no lack of gold. Who do you have? Egg asked. Raymond's cousin, Sir Stefan. Darian winced. Only one? Sir Stefan has gone to find some of his friends. I can bring people, said Egg. Knights, I can. Egg, said Dunk, I will be fighting your own brothers. You won't hurt Darian, though, the boy said. He told you he'd fall down, and Arian, I remember when I was little. He used to come into my bedchamber at night and put a knife between my legs. He had too many brothers, he'd say. Maybe one night he'd make me his sister. Then he could marry me. He threw my cat in the well, too. He says he didn't, but he, he always lies. Prince Darian gave a heavy shrug. Egg has the truth of it. Arian's quite the monster. He thinks he's a dragon in human form, you know. That's why he was so wroth at the puppet show. A pity he wasn't born a foss away. Then he'd think himself an apple and we'd have a, we'd be a deal safer. But there you are. <laughs> that really reminds me of Joffrey. Just Joffrey and Tommen right there. Oh. Yeah. That's the Targaryen I know and hate. I mean, that's the one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, there's like a there's an element of Joffrey. There's a little bit of like Euron Greyjoy. Like Arian is just a piece of garbage. He well, and is I'm, just disgusting. And as bad as Joffrey is, I don't think Joffrey ever thought he was like I don't know a lion or a stag literally. Whereas I think that's I'm getting confused with the names already. But I, I think that guy really does think he's a dragon, right? I mean, oh, and also- he does when he dies. Viserys, too. I mean, he reminds me of Viserys um, whenever he would taunt Daenerys whenever she was a child, saying that he wished that she was born first so that Rhaegar could have married her. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Targaryens. Jesus. 
<laughs> Although some of them, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that I like a couple of them here. I mean, obviously, Egg is, is great, but, you know, they're not all. Yeah, Valerian's awesome. I love him. Well, yeah, and even Darren, even though he's a drunk and everything, he's kind of funny. Like, the whole bit, it's a shame he wasn't born an apple. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like Darren. That was like, he's like, you know, like he clearly kind of wants to do the right thing, but has no moral fortitude to actually do the right thing. There's <laughs> something kind of real about that. Is he is he the oldest of Makar's sons? I think actually Eamon was the oldest. I don't know. I'd need no, to look at a family tree. Um, is Eamon not the oldest? Who's the father again here? Makar. Makar. I want to say Eamon is is not. Um, he's sure the third the son. He's the third in the son. Oldest. Oh God, yeah. that speaks well I of think, the. I want to say Darian, then maybe Amon, then Arion, then Egg, maybe. Um, I know Amon no and, one's Googling and Arion. Just, I, I am Googling it, it yeah. but it keeps trying to send me to a Holiday Inn somewhere. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> really? <laughs> so I don't know. It's like autocorrected into something, Somebody and then I'm at Holiday Inn. Right. <laughs> Amon is the third kid it's darian it looks like okay darian's the first aaron's the second so then amen there's some sisters and egg is the youngest wasn't that right because didn't they want amen to leave the um uh, the Night's Watch and all that, and he refused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he'd be he'd be number three. Right, and that's why Aegon is known becomes as the uh, Aegon the unlikely. Yeah. So we have um, Darren yeah. ask to have a word with Dunk in private, and Raymond and Aeg promise to find more knights to fight with Dunk. Alone, Darren tells Dunk once again, I dreamed of you. And he says in his dream, Dunk killed a large dragon. And um, he says he's sorry for the lie he's told and wishes Dunk to kill Aaron and not him. His dreams come true. And, I mean, I don't think this is a stretch, but I think the reason why Darren is a drunk is because of these prophetic dreams he has. Don't you? Yeah, it's definitely implied. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Gives me a little more sympathy for him being a total fuck up, but you know. only a little. <laughs> He's like, you know, what Jojen would be if he had a less, you know, supportive <laughs> family structure. <laughs> so, um, Dunk returns to the Western Meadow, and uh, most of the merchants have drawn up their wagons, including the puppet girl. Steely Pate finds Dunk and gives him his shield, complete with new iron brim and a paint job. When Dunk asks the armor how much, he replies for you, a copper. I thought that was so nice. It was so cool. Some respect. Right? Some admiration. And then I thought, too, did she finish painting the shield before her fingers were broken, or did she, like, stick around to finish it up? Dude, I wondered that, too. (laughs) Because it kind of breaks my heart. It's one of this girl, like, with broken fingers trying to finish his shield. Oh, God. I kind of kind of like the thought though too at the same time oh yeah because she's just really talented yeah really (laughs) fortitude she has fortitude (laughs) so in the morning dunk makes his way to the tourney grounds where people have already begun to fill the stands dunk glumly thinks how so many have come to watch him die he is quickly astonished by the well wishes and blessings from various small folk. Dunk meets up with Raymond Fossaway. His horse has been outfitted with good chain mail, and he meets the knights who will fight alongside him. We have Robin Reisling, Humphrey Beesbury, and Humphrey Harding, who means to fit atop his horse sit atop his horse with a broken leg. Sir Lionel arrives as Dunk Six, brought in by Egg. He couldn't resist to fight a trial that hasn't occurred in over a hundred years. So I think this kind of harkens back to what Kama brought up. Like in this world, it's very different than the one that we've been in with the Song of Ice and Fire. There's still people that want to do it for the glory. Yeah. What I really think is really cool is you're introduced to some of these ancestors of characters that you've, you know, like 
Robert Baratheon, and whenever you meet Lionel Baratheon, he's got kind of the same personality as Robert. I mean, he sounds like he's always in it for a fight. He likes a good time. And, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome that you see these little bitty characteristics that are similar in their in these characters that we know, you know, in their ancestors' personalities. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Is he the one that's like the laughing thunder or laughing storm or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Laughing, storm. laughing storm. Laughing storm. Oh, he's Robert Stannis and Renly's great-grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, 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 I'm normally more prepared than that. <laughs> Literally googling. Thomas jumped in at the last minute for us, so So that's my excuse. (laughs) Yeah, no, I like it too. I like that they—he's kind of playing like the 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 major houses in Westeros just kind of stay true to type throughout history, which is probably you know not very realistic, but is kind of funny to to read. I think some of those characteristics would—I mean. At least some of them. I mean, presumably, I mean, it's, if you think about it in a medieval society, there's, there could be less change. Like if it's a time of peace, you could have generations who are kind of the same values living in the same area, etc. which is obviously not necessarily the case with these high lords and stuff, but it's not like it gets in modern times where change is happening so fast that people are changing with it. I can see why certain characteristics, certain values would be passed down. Yeah. Indoctrination was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> so a roar goes up from the crowd as Aaron and his knights enter the grounds. He too only has six. Sir Sefan arrives solo and informs Dunk he'll need to find two more knights. He's fighting with Prince Aaron. Raymond is outraged by his cousin and calls him vile. Okay, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Do we all find this kind of hard to believe that the Targaryens had trouble finding a seventh guy to fight with them? Not I mean, at all. No. You I don't, don't? Like, I come on, there's no one who wants to, like, curry favor with them. and who, I yeah. mean, like, I feel like there would be people lined up for that seventh spot. I think he set this up on purpose. Like, I think he, this was a manipulation by Aaron. And he, like, had Dunk thinking he had this night. But I think he set it you up You think early. he knew about, you think he knew about the Stefan thing? I think as soon as yeah. Stefan went out looking around for knights to fight for Dunk and they overheard this, like, he was probably easy to approach and sway. Oh, uh, it could be. Yeah, that's my theory. I mean, it looked when, like uh, an egg. Oh, when Lionel Baratheon was like, he said that Stefan never even approached him. But when Stefan left, he was like, I'm going to go talk to them. So it may have been Stefan's plan to just fool them all along, I guess. Yeah. Although he would want them to fight because he like wants the glory. So maybe that doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, it seems like Egg found all of the fighters for Dunk anyway. And I don't think... Yeah, Stefan really brought any fighters to Dunk at all. I think we can. Oh, no, he didn't. I think we can all agree Stefan Fossway is a piece of shit, though. <laughs> he's, he's a piece yeah, of no, shit. he is a rotten apple. Yeah. <laughs> a wormy apple. <laughs> so they all watch Stefan uh, leave and you know, with contemptuous eyes is the quote. Um, Raymond asks Dunk to knight him, and he goes to one knee. Dunk protests, and he is summoned by Lord Ashford. But we did get a question via email about this moment, did we not, Leon? Yeah, it was a a good comment. Um, This was by, let me see, by by Marianne. It was by Marianne, and I'm going to read a good portion of it. It says, I am a diligent listener and fan of your podcast, and I love the Duncan X stories. If you read them over and over as I have, it becomes very, very clear that Dunk was never knighted by Sir Arlen. Some of the hints were mentioned in the podcast, especially by Eon. He considers whether he should join a city watch or find another knight to squire for. His ears burn when he is recounting the story of his knighting to the squire at Ashford. It was cute that he included the fact that only that Robin witnessed it. He is reticent tonight, Sir Raymond Fossaway, even though he knows the words. He said them to the squire because he is not a knight and it would, wouldn't be valid. He is relieved to be called away. And then um, she also mentioned 
he knew what it was like to want something so badly that you would tell a monstrous lie just to get near it. Egg's lie was letting Dunk think that he was a common orphan. Dunk's lie was that he wasn't a knight. Oh. I think that pretty much seals the deal. Yeah. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, he's It's totally one of those things that's probably never going to be explicit, but yeah, it seems the hints are there, just the way that he acts, that something has yeah. arrived with his knighting. Yeah, so Duncan the Tall is known throughout the history of Westeros as one of the most honorable knights in the in history, but he has this tiny, monstrous little lie. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just a little one. Yeah. So Sir Lionel tells Dunk he'll knight Raymond. Dunk announces to Lord Ashford he'll fight with six. Lord Ashford refuses. Without seven, he cannot have a trial, and therefore he will be declared guilty. Dunk begs a moment and then rides along the fence, calling out to the lords and knights present. No one is interested in being Dunk's seventh. Oh, kill me. This broke my heart. It was like... But it was like one of those moments where you're like, you can tell... Like that sort of a a call for human decency, mm-hmm. and the people who don't respond, it's kind of notable. And you know, I'm looking at you, House Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> right. So busy. I was pretty impressed that Dunk was able to speak so eloquently after some of the troubles he had prior to this. Yeah, this is a real moment of eloquence for Dunk. Like, it's, um, he, there was no, um, usually he's so, like, um, bashful. Like, he, he feels so out of sorts and out of his element. But here he is, he's just, he did a good job. But nobody yes, responded. Yes, there's, there's nothing oh. like the threat of death to bring out <gasps> <Right>? the best. <laughs> to bring out your, uh, your confidence in public speaking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So Dunk shouts out to all of them, are there no true knights among you? And then there's a moment of silence. And finally, Prince Baylor, dressed in Valar's armor, responds, I will take Sir Duncan's side. Maker is astonished and asks his brother if he's taken leave of his senses. And he responds, this man protected the weak, as every true knight must. Let the gods determine if he was right or wrong. Raymond joins them with a newly painted shield, a green apple instead of a red, and he says, better green than wormy. (laughs) (laughs) Baylor gathers the men and gives them a plan of attack. They will use the longer tourney lances to unhorse their opponents. If they remain unhorsed, they will have an advantage. Baylor also contends with, he says he will also contend with the three kings guard as they aren't allowed to touch him. The horns sound, and the combatants rush towards each other. Dunk's focus narrows on on Aaron, who remembers his training. His lance connects with Aaron's shield, and something hits, hits Dunk in the side, and then his horse stumbles, but regains his balance. Dunk has been gored by Aaron's lance. He tears it out of his side and fights to stay conscious. Dunk takes a moment to see how the others are faring. Sir Humphrey Harding is still on his horse, but wounded. The other Sir Humphrey lay in a blood-stained mud, motionless. Prince Baylor, his lance is intact, and he's driven on. He's driven off a king's guard from his saddle, and he's working on another. Maker has been unhorsed. The third king's guard is fighting Rob, uh, Robin Ross, Heisling. Dunk remembers Aaron, but he's too late. Aaron's horse barrels into him, knocking him to the ground. And then I pick the spit out. Through his fingers, he glimpsed a dragon flying and a spiked morning star whirling on the end of a chain. Then his head seemed to burst to pieces. When his eyes opened, he was on the ground again, sprawled on his back. The mud had all been knocked from his helm, but now one eye was closed with blood. Above was nothing but gray, dark gray sky. His face throbbed and he could feel cold, wet metal pressing in, in his cheek and temple. He broke my head. I'm dying. What was worse was the others who would die with him. Raymond and Prince Baylor and the rest. I failed them. I am no champion. I'm not even a hedge knight. I am nothing. He remembered Prince Darren, boasting that no one would, could lie insensible in the mud as well as he did. He never saw Dunk the Lunk, though, did he? The shame was worse than the pain. The dragon appeared above him. Three heads it had on it, and wings bright as flame, red and yellow and orange. It was laughing. Are you dead yet, hedge knight? It, uh, it asked. 
Cry for quarter and admit your guilt, and perhaps I'll only claim a hand and a foot. Oh, and those teeth. What are a few teeth? A man like you can live off peas porridge. The dragon laughed again. No, eat this, then. The spike ball whirled around and round the sky and found his head as fast as a shooting star. Dunk rolled. Where he found the strength, he did not know, but he found it. He rolled into Arian's legs, threw a steel-clad arm around his thigh, dragged him cursing into the mud and rolled on top of him. Let him swing his bloody morning star now. The prince tried forcing the lip of his shield up at Dunk's head, but his battered help took the brunt of the impact. Aaron was strong, but Dunk was stronger and larger and heavier as well. He grabbed hold of the shield with both hands and twisted it until the straps broke. Then he brought it down on top of the princeling's helm again and again and again, smashing the enamor enameled flames on his crest. The shield was thicker than Dunk's had been. Solid oak banded it with iron. A flame broke off, then another. The prince ran out of flames long before Dunk ran out of blows. Aaron finally let go of the handle of his useless morning star and clawed for the poignard of his hip. He got it free of its sheath, and when Dunk wanged his hand with the shield, the knife sailed off into the mud. He could vanquish Sir Dunk in the tall, but not Dunk of Fleabottom. The old man had taught him jousting and swordplay, but this sort of fighting he had learned earlier in shadowy winds and crooked alleys behind the city's wineskins. Dunk flung the battered shield away and wrenched up the visor of Aaron's helm. A visor is a weak point, he remembered Steely Pate saying. The prince had but all ceased to struggle. His eyes were purple and full of terror. Dunk had a sudden urge to grab one and pop it like a grape between his two steely fingers. <laughs> but that would not be knightly. Yield, he shouted. I yield, the dragon whispered, pale lips barely moving. Dunk blinked down at him. For a moment, he could not credit what his ears had heard. Is it done then? God. <laughs> <sighs> It was such good uh, action. I had to I do that whole right? thing. <laughs> why why that hasn't this made? In, has why hasn't this been made into a TV miniseries or something? Because that is like <laughs> such good TV. Don't uh -huh. say that too loud, because then Martin he's already taken on another project. He will never get that fucking book if he does this. Just saying. Especially if this. This only like up. only just occurred to me during that reading, but. Arian basically just pulled an Oberyn Martell. Yeah. Ah, well, you're yes, right. He, did. he actually did. <laughs> Take some time to gloat. Yeah. Aww. I mean, he like insisted on the confession and then uh, was on the ground and useless. <laughs> so if he didn't yield, he would have been known as Skittles, right? <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> oh, God. And this is such good action. <laughs> I was going to say, Oberyn had a, had a better understanding of... Uh, Dueling history, he might still be with us. Okay, hmm. sorry. Totally. But this Thank is so well written. I love the way that George like definitely tells the whole thing from Dunk's point of view. I mean, he usually does this when his characters end up in battles, although you'll notice that he kind of avoids that as much as he possibly can because it is hard to do, but he does a, a phenomenal job here. If you think about the fact that there are, you know, 14 people clashing, he does an amazing job of telling you what's going on from Dunk's yeah. point of view. That's a lot of logistics. It's an insane yeah. amount of logistics. I you mean, you have to props. know where all those guys are going, what they're doing, figuring out, I don't know, this business. Like the one guy has the broken leg, which honestly, I, yeah, on the horse, I mean, all that stuff. It's a lot to keep track of. I think what I liked about this whole bit, too, is the part where Martin throws in um, Dunk's flea bottom background. And, like, it's, like, it's just, like, street brawling, you know. And yeah. you'll, see, you'll see it, too, like, um, in the other stories where Dunk goes into berserker mode. And this is where he just snaps and he's, you know, like the Wolverine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, and I mean, you like, know, I know, I know I keep saying this, but he reminded me of Brienne here again. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, Brienne even has a berserker mode, too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was inherited. <laughs> yeah. So we have um, Dunk dragging Aaron to Lord Ashford, hoping to end the battle before any more lives are lost. Aaron spits out grass and dirt and then withdraws his accusation. After it's all done, Dunk asks Raymond who has died. Beesbury was slain by Sir Donal. Sir Humphrey is gravely wounded. Sir Willem of the King's Guard is also badly wounded. Oof. Prince Darren of has his um Prince Darren um has his foot probably broken by his own horse. 
Oh, that sucks. He went down and stayed down anyway. Yeah. Um, Dunk is badly injured in his side, and then somebody suggests pouring boiling oil on the wound. And luckily, Baylor walks in and corrects them that it's boiling wine. That's a big error, or big, um, what do you call it? That's, that's a big distinction there. Well, it's like when you have a bee sting, right? And everyone's an expert. And they're like, get mud, get, <laughs> get butter, get... <laughs> Let's shoot it. It'll make, be better, you know? <laughs> so wine, the voice had a hollow metallic ring to it, not oil. That would kill him. Boiling wine. I'll send Maester Yormwell to have a look at him when he's done tending my brother. A tall knight stood above him in black armor, dented and scarred by many blows. Prince Baylor. The scarlet dragon on his helm had lost a head, both wings, and most of its tail. Your grace, Dunk said. I am your man, please, your man. My man. The black knight put a hand on Raymond's shoulder to steady himself. I need good men, Sir Duncan. The realm. His voice sounded oddly slurred. Perhaps he'd bit his tongue. Dunk was very tired. It was hard to stay awake. Your man, he murmured once more. The prince moved his hand slowly from side to side. Sir Raymond, my helm, if you'd be so kind, visor, visor's uh. packed, and my fingers, fingers feel like wood. At once, your grace. Raymond took the prince's helm in both hands and grunted, good man, pate, a hand. Steely pate dragged over a mounting stool. It's crushed down your back, your grace, toward the left side, smashed into the gorget. Good steel, this, to stop such a blow. Brother's mace, most like, Baylor said thickly. He's strong, he winced. That feels queer, I... Here it comes. Pate lifted the battered helm away. Gods be good, oh gods, oh gods, oh gods, preserve. Dunk saw something red and wet fall out of the helm. Someone was screaming high and terrible. Against the bleak grey sky swayed a tall, tall prince in black armor with only half a skull. He could see red blood and pale bone beneath something else, and something blue-grey and pulpy. A queer, troubled look passed across Baylor Brake's spear's face like a cloud passing before a sun. He raised his hand and touched the back of his head with two fingers, oh so lightly, and then he fell. Dunk caught him. Up, they said he said, just as he had said to Thunder in the melee. Up, up. But he never remembered that afterward, and the prince did not rise. Oh, oh this oh, moment. I'm out. God. I'm out. This is what I was yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally your jam. Well, this is Darian's dream right here. I mean, the, yeah. the dragon falling on him. Oh. Yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I remember, I remember reading this for the first time and having to read it twice to actually fully comprehend what was really going on. I mean, they shouldn't have taken that helmet off. Well, I mean, I mean, there's there are a bunch of people here who reliably thought that boiling oil would be the way to treat. I don't think an infection. I don't think you can expect, you know, that they would Uh, know what to do there. And I don't honestly think there would have been a solution. That man was dead. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think there's any way around this. (laughs) Whether they took the helmet off then or Uh, later. It's, you hear about you hear about these kind of weird wounds where just because of the way that some like you know you hear about it like car accidents how just because of the way that the accident worked somebody's still alive who won't be when they you know move something with the car or something it's just like oh god well you know like in World War II the helmets that the soldiers wore were metal pretty much just covered the head to protect them from shrapnel attacks and I'm sure that happened quite frequently in World War II. And, uh, it's hard. Uh, it's just sh- horrific. Talk about shocking, though. Like, when I first read yeah. this, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the George Martin I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you guys were talking about last episode, how it was a so much more pleasant world. And I'm like, well, wait until the guy's brain half falls out of his head and then we'll see. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, part yeah. of it did. Yeah. yeah, it's, but still, I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very different world, even with this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah. On to that. Yeah. So yeah. far, I don't know what it's going to be like in the next book, but uh, so far, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. It was a great bit of gore and horrible. Well, and it and just, it was great. It was great to. It was a great way to set up the epicness of this loss of Baylor as well, because it's like he's 
literally about to talk about the realm. Like it just shows you how, you know, how much he was dedicated to, you know, making Westeros great again. Yeah. Jokes on him. You had to say but those words. <laughs> but so you like, know what I mean? Like it, he was clearly the best person to be king and, uh, this happened. So yeah, like, I mean, you can honestly parallel this with Brienne as well. I mean, for him, throughout his whole life, he's going to have this over him that he's the reason why Baylor Breakspear died. He's going to have that. And Brienne has Renly. Mm, you know, that nice will always parallel. haunt her. That's yeah, nice. it's always going to haunt her. So I have to wonder if Baylor's last words or whatever had been something like, I'm going to go, you know, get me a whore or whatever. He probably would have been okay. But because he was like a decent guy, he had, <laughs> George had to kill him. <laughs> Naturally. So Baylor's funeral takes place in the yard of Ashford Castle. They burn his body as is the Targaryen way. Dunk attempts to say a few words of sympathy to Valar, but he is received coldly, and Valar asks, why would the gods take him and leave you? Later on, Dunk is under his elm when royal guards and Maker approach. Dunk wonders if they mean to kill him after all. Maker informs Dunk that Aaron and his has been sent to Lys, hoping it will change him for the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Prince Maker muses on what Baylor's death will mean for the realm and how he'll always be blamed for his brother's death. Dunk tells him he shares the blame as well. He wonders if he should have just given a hand or a foot. Then he says perhaps a time will come when the realm will have need of his foot, more than a prince's life. Maker thinks on that before responding, not bloody likely. The realm has as many hedge knights as hedges, and all of them have feet. Maker tells Dunk that Egg has grown fond of him, and he needs a squire, but refuses to do so for anyone unless it's Dunk. He wants Dunk to go to Summer Hall and train with his master-at-arms as well as training Dunk as his squire. Dunk tells Makar he will take Egg as a squire, but not at Summer Hall. He will take him on the road with him. Makar thinks Dunk is nuts. Princes are not made for sleeping in ditches and eating hard, salty beef. Dunk points out the fact that Darren never slept in a ditch, and Aaron had plenty of good, rare, and bloody meat to eat. Maker leaves without a word. The next day, Dunk arrives in old boots, brown breeches, wool tunic, and a traveler's cloak. Dunk asks Egg if he'd like to see the Red Mountains of Dorne. Egg responds, I hear they have good puppet shows. <laughs> <laughs> so this 180 by... Oh, go ahead, Nicholas. <laughs> He's like, where are we going to go? And Dunk, who like previously hasn't had enough forethought to even decide what he wants his sigil to be, after handing someone his shield, is like, oh, let's go after this hot woman I saw in Dorne. And Egg's just like, all right, sounds good. He's determined not to die a virgin at this point, I think. He's had a little wake-up call. (laughs) What were you going to say, Chicky? I was just going to say, it's interesting that Maker, like, has this 180, and you know, like, with a dunk, where he, like, is giving dunk a chance, and... He finally sees what an asshole his son Arian is and stuff, and it's it's um kind of funny and sad at the same time the way that he you know he's like clearly is some sort of tribute to his brother or something you know he's giving Dunk a chance and it's uh it's interesting yeah. it's I guess Maker kind of like walks the line between good and bad Targaryens yeah I wonder clearly. too like if he's influenced at all by the religion like maybe he truly believes in this trial by seven. And Dunk is innocent. I don't know. Could be. I don't know that much about him, though. Well, anyway, the adventures seem to be um, beginning for Dunk and Egg. (laughs) Yeah. I like the way it ended. Yeah. Me too. And I I totally ship in with Tanzel. I totally do. And I have read the next two. And I still totally ship in with Tanzel, so take that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Weber. No, no, sorry. I haven't read them, so so far it's Tanzel, but I reserve the right to change my mind. I'm not on to the second book yet. I had stuff going on. I know George had talked about doing another one, and I'm, I don't really, 
He said, I think he was going to title it like the She Wolves of Winterfell, but who knows if we'll ever get that. So, well, he's got to get with Nan, right? At some right. point, right? <laughs> have to get with Nan. Oh, that'd be fun to see young Nan. <laughs> Maybe I'm just jaded. We'll probably never get it. I mean, even though I love these, it's still really low on my list to get more Dunkin' Egg. Exactly. As to more I know I love pack. these, but I really won't. I want the next book. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. You guys ready to do some mail? Sure. Sure. I'm ready. I think that's okay. you, Eon. Mm-hmm. All right. Alice in Westeros says, Hi, on the how can people not love Brienne subject, I... One million percent agree with everything you ladies said. My favorite was perhaps Chicky saying, she's a fucking hero. <laughs> For me, Brienne is the best human on plant- planetos, period. Sadly, though, I realize there may be some contributing factors that, that have nothing to do with Brienne as a character at all. Number one would be character POV added in a song, A Feast for Crows. First go-around, this was hard. I'll admit to it. Second is, people complain that our chapters are long and full of filler. I think they're smoke and crack, but I only fell in love with her chapters on reread. Third, the audiobook, God bless him, Roy, Roy Dotris does Dotrice. the worst. Dotris? Excuse me. Yeah, Roy Dotris. Yep. Roy Dotris does the worst Brienne voice, and he calls her... Brian. I kind of oh love boy. the fact Wretched. that Eon is he mispronouncing does. his name, and that's what most people hate, is how he pronounces it. He has that coming. <laughs> it's justice, Eon, justice. You keep on calling him whatever you Served. want to call him. <laughs> it's Wretched. He can be amazing, but some of his women's voices are downright hideous. I like to listen to the audiobooks at work, but for some chapters, it's so bad. I have to skip and stick to the text. Definitely has a negative effect on my view of characters when the text does not evoke the same. Basically, his women's voices sound old or dumb or very annoying. Brienne, Asha, (laughs) Masande, probably the most racially offensive. Masande, which he pronounces Melisande, and (laughs) Danny in the later books, and heaven help us when he does sex scenes. <laughs> I haven't heard these, so I haven't. <laughs> I haven't either. It's beyond cringe-worthy yuck. <laughs> I wish that Ian Glenn or Harry Lloyd could go back and do them. And dear God, please don't let him do The Winds of Winter. He liked to kill me with um, The World of Ice and, Fi- of Ice and Fire. He's an amazing talent, but he's well past his prime, and he says... P-tire for Peter. <laughs> he, he is in his... He's 93. And the way George writes, I think it's likely that... Um, I think our our listener here will get her wish and that he will not be narrating the wins. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Things could happen. He's still going to cons and stuff. Oh, no. The worst. He needs to retire. Okay. Take it easy, dude. Oh, I should have called these meta reasons in the, in the fandom for Brienne hate. Also, it's my birthday, and I remember a listener once asked each of you to do your best little finger, which was hilarious. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can do something for me. Can each of you please tell us about your favorite memory or best laugh you've had making this podcast? I forgot about You guys bring so much joy to my Someone said that we needed to think about it, and then I forgot. <laughs> I, I think I remember what mine was. Um, I know it was an RPG moment. <laughs> okay, I know what it was. It was when Lady Kama Splice cried for Sir Kevin. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I think that that episode, I mean, we were all pretty down. And we just needed a really good laugh. <laughs> but that was, you could tell that, I mean, we were... We were just laughing hysterically yeah, that when was, we needed it. That was the episode I pulled a back muscle from laughing. <laughs> yeah, we were getting into coughing fits because we were laughing so hard. We just really needed a good laugh, and that did the trick. <laughs> so that was mine. Oh, God. 
Oh, well, you want to know mine? Mine was uh, mine was the <laughs> Q&A episode we did when Eon got disconnected and ended up throwing her notes because she was so mad. <laughs> you know, Sweet little so Eon. Now it's it's funny. I mean, I have this quiet rage that just bubbles up. <laughs> she went yeah, into berserker mode like Duncan Brienne <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on her notebook. Because yeah. I was like, oh, come on, Ian, go ahead and read it. He's like, no, forget it. This is such a fucking disaster. <laughs> My favorite, it was a drunk cast. And I don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about peeing off the wall. And at some point, I was like, I, we didn't have, I'm like, I don't have the right equipment to do that. <laughs> And then the, we got into very drunkenly got into the logistics of of how we would do that, and Holding. I'm just like I just remember <laughs> laughing so hard I stopped being able to breathe. You I mean, almost peed <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean it was just that whole like it only happens when you're tipsy that kind of discussion. <laughs> what about you, Eon? <sighs> oh, I thought I already said what it was. Yeah. Was it chickies? RPG? RPG? Mine too. The same one that oh. I had? Yeah. yeah totally <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Oh, I think the best too with that was Wonkins playing Sir Kevin and like, what is wrong with this house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> I think I really liked how me and, and Lot took out Valar and that RPG. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and he re- reappears in these stories. He's haunting you, Eon. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> well, you guys killed Valar in an RPG? Yes. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. <laughs> Wait, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first they, they attacked the guy because he got off of a boat. Um, That was the first. And yeah. It, Wait, are you yeah. trying to justify killing him? <laughs> No, no, they just attacked him. Like he was a dick. <laughs> Chicky and I are like, "What the hell are you doing?" And 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 I think we totally um, threw Watkins because I think he had at that point something planned, and you we nearly <laughs> killed him. Well, I mean, Karma and Chicky kind of talked us out of finishing him off. We should have done it. We should have done it. Bad, bad move, but yeah. I, I really like just couldn't justify somewhere? killing this dude just because he got off the boat and had a bad haircut. But <laughs> he was yeah. also an asshole. He had like a smarminess about him. He had a bowl cut. I mean, there you go. <laughs> Justifiable homicide. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys need to work out some of your feelings toward Targaryens, I feel like that's. Right? <laughs> We should clarify, this is just a guy named Valar. It's not this Valar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not this <one>. Okay. <laughs> All right, more mail. All right. We got one from Heidi Moe, and um, it says, I have found my people. <laughs> after, discovery, after discovering your podcast last week, I went back to your very first episode and have now heard about 40 of them. Obsessive personality, wow. me, LOL. It's been a joy to listen to you all as you discuss the books. Yay! The TV series, yay! And focus on our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. It's obvious that you all care about George R. R. Martin's characters and have a great relationship with each other. Keep on giggling and offering in-depth insights as well as lots of laughs. I have so many things I'd like to say, but I do want to mention that I read the first half of The Hedge Knight in A Night of the Seven Kingdoms and made obvious parallels to Brienne taking Pod on as her squire and Duck taking on Egg. It was great to get a, a book of George R. R. Martin's that I wasn't immediately intimidated by. This was such a quick read, and I thank him for that. It was also nice to see House. I will have to send a subsequent email to let you all I'll know the awesome things I've learned since listening to you and want to thank you for all of your hard work on this podcast. You guys rock, and I'm sending you lots of love and appreciation from Southern California. Oh, thank you. From Heidi Mo. Looking Mm -hmm. forward to those messages. Thank you. Yes, send them, and I'll read them. California happens to be where we get most of our listeners from. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. None from the Philippines? Um, there might be, but... (laughs) 
Yeah, there are, but that's not, no, it does not <laughs> compare to California. <laughs> no. All right. We got one from Guile. It says, hey, ladies and gentlemen, do you think there's any significance? And if so, want to speculate about it to the fact that Dunks first served Arlen of Penny Tree and Penny Tree is later where JB reunite and disappear. I don't think hmm. there's a coincidence. I, I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's yes. a coincidence. It seems pretty of all the places, right? Yeah. <laughs> all the gin joints. No. <laughs> all right. Sorry. I feel like in all of the tales of Duck and Egg, Dunk always mentions that he like doesn't know where Penetry is. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point he could have like asked someone or found out somehow. I, I don't can know. see him maybe crossing it like it's just a tale that hasn't been told yet, right? Right. It would be awesome if he goes to Penny Tree and and you know puts a penny on the tree. Aw, that would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hmm. All right. And Non says, "What's up with all the dudes on podcasts?" <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, well, explain yourself. <laughs> What's up with all you dudes? Duck and egg is like just a typical bromance, so we're. Uh... We're just all short for this. Yeah, we, we like Whereas, the dudes. Of course, Ice and Fire is written mostly with women in mind. So. Yeah. Dudes are welcome. Yep. Yeah. All right. Anon, another Anon, says, Great episode, guys. There are two things I want to comment on about Dunk not having been knighted. I love it because him being one of the truest knights in the universe while not actually being a knight, is a great connection to Brienne. And Seven, I know you'll hate me so much for this, but I can't... I hadn't caught the I Dreamed of You parallel, and it got me back on thinking about Jamie maybe being a secret Targ. (laughs) (laughs) Because spoilers for the Mystery Knight, but secret hidden Targs saying, Half I Dreamed of You is just a thing that happens in Dung's life. And once it was even said by a secret Targ who wanted to bang him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't wait to get there. <laughs> yeah. So I can't help making a connection there. I'm sorry for bringing this up. Please don't hate me. I love the podcast. Oh. I was just laughing because I totally didn't catch that on my first read in hey. lot. Pin it. <laughs> Pin it. Let's hold on to that one. Until we I get know. there. <laughs> yeah. That's a couple stories away. <laughs> oh, thank you, though. Thank you for that comment. Um, our next one is from Zira 11 blog. Just says, um, just wanted to let you know that I discovered this podcast recently, and I adore it. I really enjoyed the first installment of your Dunkin' Egg read-through, and I think I might switch from rereading A Song of Ice and Fire proper to read them along with you. Aww. Thanks for making these. They're hilarious. Well, well thanks. Do. Send us some messages, too, as you go along yeah. with us. That would be awesome. Hmm. We got one from Vava Harrison on Tumblr that says, Hey, ladies, I've been listening to your podcast nonstop, and I fucking love it. Oh. I've, you've been my companions over these last weeks, so I wanted to say thank you. My friends and I are in the middle of a Dunkin' Egg reread, so I got really excited when I found out that you would be discussing them, too. I think these books are a must-read for any Brienne fan or J.B. Shipper. All those parallels and the Targs, I fucking love them. I know you dislike them, but I find them fascinating. <laughs> They're so fucked up, it's amazing, and Baylor is, was a treasure, sad face. Hmm. Yeah, he was. So I, you can have him. so i have a question for you what do you think of this theory about the tourney at ashford ashford meadow and its relationship and its relation with sansa's suitors just coincidence i wanted to ask you guys about this too okay so that's with with harding with the harding guy dude right yeah yeah I mean, what you want me to? <laughs> this is one of mine. Am I taking this? Yeah, I told you because I got I nothing. I mean, it's a really well crafted theory. I think it's probably a stretch. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that George would even be thinking about that 
when he was crafting Sansa's story or Dunk's story. Um, I tend to think it's more just coincidence because if you look at who most of them are, they're from the houses paramount. I mean, I think the thing that kind of tips people and makes them think that it, it might be related to Sansa is just because of the Harding. But, you know, I mean, they're pretty closely related to the Aarons anyway. So, I, don't, I mean, you know, the other ones are what? Like a Tyrell, a, a Lannister. Who's the other one? I don't even fucking know. But, like, <laughs> Sansa's from a major house. You're talking about other houses, Paramount. I mean, it's really, I don't know. It's kind of a stretch to me, personally. So, no, I don't buy into it. But it is a fun one. Hmm. Fair enough. I I had never even heard of any theories. Sorry, about do you guys it. know what it is? Do I need to? No. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be helpful. totally. Sorry, uh, well, yeah. people, I don't know exactly the the particulars of it, but essentially they say that um, the champions from uh, the tourney at Ashford match up with Sansa's suitors in A Song of Ice and Fire. Like, there's a I can't remember how it goes. First, there's a, a, a Baratheon, Baratheon, and then there's Baratheon. yeah, and then then a Lannister. So this matches her being engaged to Joffrey, and then marrying. Or no, then there's a Tyrell, which matches her almost being engaged to Willis Tyrell, and then there's a Lannister, which matches her being engaged or married to Tyrion, and um, then there's a Harding. I I, I don't know. So <laughs> Harold Harding, okay. Yeah. But, of course, they have to ignore the fact that a couple of Lord Ashford's sons were, I think, champions first at the tourney at, at, at mm-hmm. Ashford. So, I I don't know. I, I tend to think, you know, you're just looking at the houses paramount, so it's probably not that surprising that the big names were yeah. there, personally. But, They're always mm-hmm. dipping into the same pools, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so just Googling. There's it, tons of shit on this. Right. So, it ends up that, that it's a Targaryen with, with Valar, obviously. Or, yeah. No, Arian. Vlar, Vlar. <laughs> and um, so people think that Sa- this is foreshadowing that Sansa is going to marry Aegon, which I just, well, actually, actually, I it's... heard that some of the John Sansa shippers are starting to think that it means she's going to marry John, which is baloney. This is all called, incidentally, it's the, uh, wait, I just found it. I was laughing. The Ashford Turney theory, fifth suitor theory, if you care to Google I've never heard of any of this. Wow. Yeah, this is new to me. I mean, it's fun. Like, this is what we're doing in the wait, and I'm totally down for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. What a long wait it is, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll see. And um, she ends with, anyway, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks again for all your hard work. You guys rock. P.S. I don't use iTunes, but I'll try and leave a review anyway. Sorry for my English. <laughs> Thank you, Vava Harrison. We appreciate this is so sweet. that. Yes. Everyone take a cue from Vava Harrison. Go leave us some nice messages on other places. Give us some <laughs> reviews. Let's see. We got one from Dying Breed XOXO Tumblr. It says, I've been listening to the Duncan Egg stories on audiobook. Finished the three stories and now starting from the beginning again. I think it was your first Hedge Knight podcast that alerted me to the fact that Harry Lloyd is the actor who played Viserys on the HBO series, and that was a revelation to me. Harry Lloyd is brilliant, Hmm. and now I never want to hear an audiobook narrated (laughs) by anyone else. I wish wish the Game of Thrones, etc. audiobooks were narrated by him instead of Roy. Dotrice. <laughs> no, no. Say it the way you were saying it. Let's get her vengeance. <laughs> Roy Dotrice? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I enjoyed your first podcast. Read this series and very much look forward to the rest. Question. Is Brienne of Tarth a hedge knight? Hmm. She's not I, a knight at all. Really? I mean, not even... Yeah, I would say... I mean, she wants to be a knight, and she is a knight. But I mean, in that, in that I time, mean, she, in that world, she yeah. can't be a knight because she's a woman. She's breaking the social mores. Well, she, yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's really not. She really wouldn't be a hedge knight anyway. I mean, she's like the heir to her house, and mm-hmm. she's a, a, you know, she's pledged to Renly and then Catelyn. So she's more like a sworn sword, I suppose. Maybe you could say, but not really because she's. She has her own house. I so mean, I guess she's, she's a quasi knight. 
Although, like, if kind of. she got onto yeah. Renly's Rainbow Guard, but she'd not true. be a, a head a hedge knight. She's not. Yeah, she wouldn't. She wouldn't be. She has a, was knighted. I mean, if I understand this concept, I mean, they're sort of itinerant. They're you know they go where kind of circumstances take them. Mm-hmm. She has a place. I mean, that place changes. But I don't think she's what you'd call a hedge knight, not by the definition no. I've seen. No, but she does live like one. I mean, I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. She's, she is acting almost like a hedge knight during her search for Sansa, sure. Yeah. And she's leery of hedge knights, too, if you remember right. Totally leery of them as well. well she's it been sounds taught like well. The, the yeah. standard has um weakened since the days of Sir Arlen and Duncan the Tall there. So. Right. Or not, because yeah. it sounds like <laughs> Sir Arlen and Dunk ran into some really bad hedge knights, too. It might just be. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that all of them, Eon? Yeah, I didn't. Let's see. I got another one, and it's from our last guest, G.D. Har- Harpo. And um, he has, who are the six champions you'd fight with? Who are the And six? it looks like he picked... Yeah, he picked two-handed Jamie, Arthur Dane, Sir Barristan the Bold, Amon the Dragon Knight, Drogo and the Hound. So I guess just throw out six <laughs> that you would pick for your champions. Okay, I'm thinking. Uh, okay. Let's see. I guess I'll, I'll just name off some, I guess. Um, I'll start. I'll go, go with Brienne. Brienne. So Duncan the Tall. tall um... Sir Arthur Dane, um, that Hightower dude. Gerald Hightower? Gerald Hightower, yeah. He seemed like he was a pretty badass. And um, I'm going to go with the Hound. All right, I've got my and six. Oh, wait. I, that's five. Okay. five <laughs> Sorry, jumping the gun. <laughs> one more. Um, I'm going to go with Drogo. Yeah. <laughs> I went mm. I went Brienne, Drogo, the Mountain, um, Sandor, Two-Handed Jamie, and Sir Duncan, if, if time and space and all that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's all out the door. So. Give me the fucking time mountain, man. <laughs> if he's on my side, I will fight yeah, with well. that man. <laughs> oh, God. You are Cersei. <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I, I think, like, uh, Arthur Dane for sure. And definitely two-handed Jamie. Definitely Barristan. Um, yeah. Then I'm going to go with my heart and go with Jon Snow. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> he killed him with his hair. What hair? What hair in the good, books? I'm talking about have, people here. Come on now. He has to have a good hair day to fight Will. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I might go with Sander. Clegane. Sure. And then my last one, I'm going to go with Oberyn Martell. Where the fuck's Brienne? That's a good Chicky. <laughs> Come on, she's not the best. <laughs> she is the best. <laughs> How dare you? How dare? I feel like I'd be tempted to throw the Blackfish in there, mostly out of a desire to uh, see how good he is at fighting. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my mountain would destroy your six. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, guys. What do you got? Mitch, who would you pick? Okay, uh, I mean, if, like, all of time and space, I'd be tempted yeah. to do, like, Florian the Fool. <laughs> I have very okay. little information about him, but just, I don't know, Damon the Dragon Knight, Barristan, Swarthur Dane, um, what is that, four? Yep. yep. Yeah, that's four. Okay, I would put Brienne in there. I know that my life would be at stake, but... <laughs> Get but out. it would be worth you it. Chicky, just get out. <laughs> um, then, see, I guess, I guess Oberyn would be a good call. And Let's see how that went. See how he does mm, against the mountain. Might have to six. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I got that Oberyn mountain matchup. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got a good looking team, I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll throw Dunk in there too and see if we can get some like Dunk Brienne teamwork going on. All right. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. How about you, Kama? How many do I need? Six. Six. <laughs> and okay, yourself. There are all names other people have. 
Uh, I'd go with, I'd have to qualify two-handed Jamie. Um, okay. you know, fully handed, not right. Like, right. Original, no, original Jamie, no, not extra crispy. Vanilla Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Vanilla Jamie. Uh, we'll go with Duncan the Tall, Arthur Dane, the Hound, Barrison. And I have to, Mitchell, I like the idea of the Blackfish. I'm going with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's <I'm>, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's and two handed Jamie could, you know, have some hot sex after. <laughs> right. There we go. I'm so gonna have good, good for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right that is, is that it that's it that was fun i liked that's that it. question at the end yeah um, it was fun i liked it <laughs> so thank you everybody for sending those messages and we got so much this week it was awesome um like i said we're going to keep reading the duncan egg tales so keep sending a- along those messages as you're reading with us um you can do that at close the door and at gmail.com close the door and come here.tumblr.com you can follow us on Twitter at Door Podcasts. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Podbean, or whatever platform you're listening to this on. Um, finally, please consider supporting this podcast on Patreon. You'll find us at Close the Door. Um, thank you, Mitchell, for joining us. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. And thank you, my ladies, as always. Thank you, our lot. (laughs) Yes, our lovely lot. Lovely lot. I like it. (laughs) I'm going to win that melee. Anyway. (laughs) 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 So, closing the door, get out.